everybody, and welcome to the show. My name is Danny, and I am your host. There's another guy with me today. Come on, guy, go and say hey. Hey, my name is Jesse. What's up? I'm here to talk to you about some stuff. I don't know how to rhyme or really even spell, but I know what I want to tell. Oh, <laughs> shit. Today's entire podcast will be delivered in rap form. So buckle up your seatbelts and ride along. You could just stretch along with form. <laughs> Great rhyming, dude. Great. We should, we should, uh, we should, you know, pitch ourselves as rappers next time. Uh, look, let's cut the rapping because we clearly suck at. Oh, I clearly suck let's at it. Cut the Danica's pretty rap. You're gonna say crap, but say rap instead. Okay, nice. Uh, that wasn't predictable, but it was really great. I love when Danica raps. In fact, I don't know if any of you know this about her. She's actually an amazing rhymer and rapper. I feel like I feel it's like it's true. It's really true. Danica's debut album will be out next year. Um, in December, and I will be. I also will be singing. She'll be singing, rapping, and producing. She'll be and, producing. And, um, um, she'll be mixing, editing, mastering. All of those. All those, all those words. Yeah, she'll be doing all those words. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> Danica's a prolific producer. Um, but enough about Danica's amazingly successful rap career. Let's talk about music itself. I'm really excited about this. This is my favorite category. This is what my brain chooses to think about with most of its energy. This is probably the only thing I care about on this planet, including anything and anyone in, the, in this room. And uh, I feel like he's trying to pitch it as a joke, but he ain't joking. Yeah. <laughs> I know that in this relationship, I come second to Jesse's music. Yeah, and when I say second, I mean it's real far back. And I expect to come second to your passions because we are our own human beings. Um, I love you more than anything in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Danik is heartbroken, guys. Uh, Let's get right into it. Okay, what is music? What does it mean to you, Danny? Tell me about your relationship to music. Tell me how it makes you feel. What kind of music do you enjoy to listen to? Talk to me, girl. I would say music makes me feel more than almost anything in the world. Like Apart from my relationships to the people that I love, Music is the thing that just cracks me, that just gets me. Music is a kind of mirror that, I don't know, man, like nothing else does it like music does. When Mm. I put on my favorite albums, when I put on my favorite artists, they speak to me in some language that I feel like is my own. And I'm like, yo, what are you doing? And how are you doing it? What are you making me feel? I didn't even know that I could feel that way. You're making me feel everything everything i think that when i put on the music that impacts me the most it brings me to my full emotional experience the full emotional spectrum mm, i feel I it that. all it just ah it so just cracks me open love that yeah and look i think i grew up connecting with and listening to rock metal pop punk punk rock alternative and all of that kind of everything mashed up together in those genres. But I think now what I listen to predominantly is metal, progressive metal, progressive rock. Yeah. And that's what Pen of Salvation are. 
That's yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm just I'm really only talking about one band here. So there's a few bands she's nah, obsessed nah, with. Nah, nah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, and and I think that I always knew I would end up with a musician. And as much as I love Jesse, I love the music that he creates because as as I'm, honestly, as much as I love Jesse as a person, the music that he writes speaks to me in these ways. And and like when music Aww. hits me, it fucking hits me man like (laughs) god i can't put it into words let me try it sometimes i'm sitting in the car with danica and we're busting out singing with our terrible voices to one of our favorite songs uh usually in the progressive rock genre uh and danica's got her eyes closed and she's got tears streaming down her face and she's singing as loudly and as passionately as her body physically can and she's not only doing that just on a casual drive to buy groceries she has listened and sang to that song a thousand times before that and this is her one thousandth and one time and there are tears all the way down her face (laughs) and she is just it is the words the melody the harmony the rhythm every part of it is connecting with every cell inside her and it like she said as her very first sentence music makes her feel comma more than anything i feel like this is what music does for almost everybody. If who- they allow themselves to to experience that kind of depth within themselves, and I think they'll probably be more drawn to uh, to finding it within their music. I mean, I, I think that a lot of people have this kind of experience with music. I think a lot of people experience this with many different types of music. I think some people experience this with with the top 40 radio hits, you know, there's, there's some sort of ballad on the radio that somebody cries and sings along to and thinks that it is just the best song in the entire world. And it is everything. It represents, yeah, it speaks to them fundamentally. It speaks to them fundamentally. And it's so and personal. It's, like, yeah, it doesn't, like, if, if this one song is the one that cracks you open, uh, and it's, a, it's a complete different genre style, or maybe even language and of a different, you know, message, then, you know, song B Song, it doesn't it doesn't matter because they can produce the same result in a different person and that's what's so profound about music but it's just, Jessie, it's just wiggly air yeah so why then is the music that we love and listen to better than everybody else's music are you asking me to tell people why our music taste is superior yes i mean that's why we're having this discussion let's not beat around the bush <sighs> look i don't like doing this but i'll do it you don't like doing this? I don't like doing it. No, I don't. What do I say about lying to the listeners? Don't do it. Yeah. Okay. I like doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and therefore we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. Like, this is a conversation we've been wanting to have since day one of starting this podcast. I'm going to preface what I'm about to say with a disclaimer. Okay. Music is a very personal thing. And... What makes you feel something might not make me feel something and vice versa. Um, It doesn't matter if you have a trained ear for music or not. What matters is what it makes you feel. And some people don't like to go to music to feel things. And some people only go to music to feel things. It depends on what you're doing with the music, what, what, is, what purpose is it serving? Is it just there to pump you up for gym? Well, then you're not going to want to put Celine Dion on. Um, is it because you want to dance all night? Well, then you're not going to want to listen to, um, I was going to say My Chemical Romance, but I think you probably would. So uh, you're not going to want to listen to um, 
Simon and Garfunkel, if you want to dance all night. You know what I mean? Like if you're 18, you're going to a nightclub now. 18-year-olds going to a nightclub right now and knocking all this to my chemical romance. Yeah. Or Celine Dion, but they'll probably be really happy when Drake comes on. Yeah. Or, you know. The whole point is that music is a personal experience. Um, when Danica says better, uh, and when I say better, <laughs> we are joking. But what we really mean is emotional depth appropriate amount of complexity um perfect balance of uh melody harmony rhythm being memorable versus memory melody harmony and rhythm being technical there's this balance between let's say extreme technical like uh people who know Prague, like animals as leaders or like uh shostakovich some of the more crazy uh classical style composers um complexity that almost being in jazz or bebop jazz complexity just exists in all different genres whereas from an from an art perspective this could be somebody creating like a lifelike portrait that was just so technically brilliant like the way they use their brush and the way they use their hands was correct just absolutely unfathomable how they made something look so lifelike but from a creative standpoint they drew a tree and it's not that exciting right and so that's actually a fantastic analogy um on one hand, yes, you have the complexity, you know, being a bebop jazz or any of those genres that are extremely, uh, I would say, I'd say niche and hard to follow for most uh, novice listeners, right? It's an, it's intellectual. Yes, that's when that's that's almost the left brain of music. It's, it's when, and it's kind of almost like if you don't, I mean, no, I, again, this is a sweeping generalization, but if you don't have that ear for music. Uh, tech like technicality, then you won't really get the music. You you won't get it. Yeah. You won't get it. Um, if anyone's ever tried to listen to like, "Giant Steps" by John Coltrane, a famous jazz song, um, it's just like saxophone shredding for however many minutes. I think it's four or five minutes. And if you try to listen to it, all you'll hear is a fast drum swing beat, and you'll hear thousands of notes and chord changes you know do you want to give a little taste of what that might sound like no i won't yeah probably closer to like the end part of that and a bit bit of the intro sort of after the end because she started swinging at the end there that kind of stuff right (laughs) we're talking and and that's based on intelligence right so basically i don't know what i'm doing a piano player or guitarist is hand or or a horn section or whatever is handed a a chart on this chart it has chord changes and every one beat to four beats they could be changing chords and what they're trying to do is use their intellectual intelligence to see how many chord tones they can outline or chord tensions they can outline. I'm not going to explain these things so that they kind of get confusing. Yeah, you're already losing me. If you don't understand music. They're trying to make intelligent note choices that sit uniquely within the chord. Now, that is beautiful. That's it's a little a, bit of a like, I see what you did there type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, you can imagine like a guy, a 50-year-old guy, gray beard, distinguished pipe and, you know, peculiar accent um playing his vinyl player and just kind of like nodding his head every now and then like approvingly like he implied the minor nine over a dominant over a you know sharp 11 chord or any any of these any of those things right like basically 
it's the left side of music, left brain side of music. Then there's the other side. And this is, again, back to why I'm explaining this, why Danica says superior, okay? Um, this is what she believes. <laughs> um, and and, and a lot of people... Um, okay, I'm not going to say this. Never mind. Uh, the other side of that is... Hey, don't don't you tiptoe. Don't you do the no offending thing, okay? I'm not interested in not offending anybody. I'm, if, that, I'm, if you if you just if you just censored yourself, uncensor yourself, and drop the c word immediately. I don't want to say cunt. I know, but I'm just saying. Like, what was the what was the what was the verb? Oh, I, I was going to come back to it later. Okay, so, okay, so let me. Okay, let me get, I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm going to continue on my point. Okay. Not about censoring myself this time, especially this not time. especially not around music. Love it. Um, the other side of technicality is the creativity. It's when you're making something unique, something memorable, something that makes you feel something. This is so, this is in the in the contemporary section of the art gallery where someone's gotten a paintbrush and just flicked paint at the canvas and Jackson it's just Pollack. it's just squelches and blobs and someone looks at it and they're like a three-year-old could have done that. There's no technical proficiency there. But in terms of creativity, it's like it's just like what is that? You have to get real creative with interpreting the picture. And I'm nice, not saying that's nice. necessarily the most creative way to do things, but that's way more creative than it is technical. It's way more creative than it is intellectual. A hundred percent. So bringing it back to the music. Well, I'm actually going to bring it over to you for a second because uh, when I look at your art. You've created universes. You've painted pictures and scenes that are out of alternate realities where I'm just looking at that and I'm like, I could see, you know, a 15th century rich on a different universe having an altar looking like this and a, and a pot that looks like that. You know, this is Danica's famous, one of her famous drawings uh, at Danica Venus. If you want to see her art, it is the perfect combination of technical and creative it is absolutely brilliant i would certainly say just out of personal preference i I sit more on the creative side than i do on the technical side yeah and i enjoy that but i value you know both yeah i think i think your mandalas are very technical you know what i mean no definitely this i've seen you technical i've seen you calculate stuff like that almost like an engineer would and it's it's quite profound but let me let me continue let's come back to that okay so so ultimately um Emotion is the other side of the brain. It's the other side of music. Now, what's a good example? Uh, how do you how do you uh, let's say categorize and rate emotion? Um, we talked about intellectualization on the other side of the brain. We talked about intelligent note choice uh, and being you know uniquely flavoring and coloring the music, um, which I would describe as like blending blue with like different shades of white or other colors. Now you can paint more pictures, right? But if you want to create something more unique, you need to understand emotion and how to, how to categorize rate emotion. Now I would summarize emotion in one word memorability i was gonna say this too it's the it's the melody that you walk away with it's you the one you sing in the show you walk away you walk away you walk away going in the shower and you're like oh shit that- and then you go baby yeah and that's the part that you feel. And so, again, depending on what kind of person you are, what your interests are, what your hobbies are, what you're drawn to in life, will also dictate what kind of music you like. And I, uh, I love to consider both these things. Whenever I listen to any song, what spectrum does this sit on? And like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not one to necessarily categorize, but I'm doing it now for the sake of demonstrating, right? Um, and I agree that there's always going to be overlap, right? You can go from a crazy jazz boppy section into like a ballad 
and, and this is what prog does, or progressive rock and progressive metal, is it actually spans over about eight different genres. It's very diverse. Yeah. People think prog is just people yelling and loud guitars. That is so far from what prog is. A lot Look, of, of prog doesn't even have guitars. Let's come back to people on prog and prog metal, because I, I think... Okay, okay. Look, maybe you should do a separate episode called Why Prog is the Best. But never mind. <laughs> That's I won't... this episode. What are you talking about? Oh, is that this episode? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, okay. But look, like, sometimes when I listen to stuff that's playing on the radio, it is neither technical nor is it creative, in my opinion. I agree. That, that definitely exists. Yeah. But uh, that is where the story matters. Because if it's not technical and it's not creative, and uh, it's because they're probably creating it with a formula to be very cookie cutter and to to target a certain demographic, okay? Usually insecure teenagers. I'm not kidding. Uh, it's unfortunate. No, it's true. And we've all been insecure yeah. teenagers. So, of course, we've Right been, now, it's like all the young targeted. people crying, like, Olivia Rodrigo! Yeah. Oh my gosh, she's everything. All the young people, it's cute. But yeah, it's right. that. It's that formula. And you don't have much, generally speaking, we aren't raised in a way that allows for too much emotional depth uh, or understanding of music in our teen years. I'm just not, not the novice person. There are always outliers, of course, but let's continue. So how do you categorize and rate emotion? Well, we had melody, right? The great example of melody was Kiss from a Rose by Seal. How do you understand harmony, which is the next subcategory? Melody, harmony, and rhythm are the categories. Harmony is the train you get on in order to get from the start of the song to the end of the song. So what's an example? So it's what of carries. Harmony? It's like the the music that carries through the song. It's not the beat, but it's, it's usually the... the chords. So it's either played by a piano or a synth, a keyboard, a guitar, and then the melody might be what they're singing. What they're singing over the yeah. top of that. Yeah, and melody melody typically doesn't have to be vocally sang, as you know, um, but it's definitely more about the thing you'd hum in the shower. You know, what would you sing in the shower later? What part of it would you want to sing along to? You're not singing along to the chords. You're going to be singing along to the melody. Uh, yeah. So harmony, a good example of harmony is um, think of a song that starts with a, a chord progression, right? Um, Perfect example. Is that Highway to Hell? Yeah. Yes, it is. Awesome. Okay. A song about uh, the road between New South Wales and Australia and Queensland. Um, the road that a lot of people seem to die on back in the day in the 70s and 80s. Uh, look, that is a perfect example. As soon as you hear those chords, you're like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, this song. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, fucking Akadaka. Let's go. And then how about this one? Um, Vanessa Carlton, A Thousand Miles. Perfect example, yeah. right? That's how harmony incites uh, a beautiful and you would even argue that you know the right hand is kind of playing a melody at the same time but that's when there's overlap and it gets complicated because as a piano player you can do both things now i'm not going to go into that let's let's back it up a little bit harmony another example is uh i think it's called jump by van halen bam 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 really uh you know so so Chords doesn't have to mean, you know, happy or sad or nostalgic or anything. It doesn't, they can. It's just what mean, carries youth from one end of the song to the yes, other. Yeah, yes. And typically sense. you have anywhere between one and three chord progressions in an, a standard song. Okay, but what's your point? My point is that how do you classify a good chord progression? Well, we've just given some good examples. Why? Because they're memorable and they make you feel an emotion. Yeah. The last thing is rhythm. Now, this is one that 
depending on the genre, either gets the most or the least attention. Okay, and pop nowadays doesn't get that much attention. In fact, you Jesse and I are constantly frustrated by it. every time you go something, you just say like that is Yeah, it's a very famous reggaeton beat. Oh, it's um, just do something else. It's very, very common. Yeah. It's very common. And it's it's very, very, very um it all they'll do is change the speed of it, put some new chords and singing over it, and they've got their next hit. Um some famous examples of that beat, and there are so many. Is that Gasolina song by Daddy Yankee? Is Desposito? Um, it's. I'm pretty sure it's a South American beat, but I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure it came from there, or if, or it might be. I don't know. I don't know. I, I uh, would like to go back to. It's kind of a universal. Memorable beat. rhythms. Okay, let's think about this one. Doom doom ka doom doom ka. Memorable as hell. Not only because like the pulse of it is memorable, but once you tap your legs twice and clap you know what's coming and it kind of works for most of the song and uh it incites a certain emotion uh let me think of another example of a memorable rhythm you have any you have any danny no i have a few but they're not necessarily uh people won't know them too much um, so I'm not going to go into them too much because they, they're a bit, a bit well, more, move a bit on. more niche. Uh, so I, I think that's that's definitely one that most people would know. Uh, that's enough of an example for now. So rhythms, melodies, and harmonies that make you feel something can be contrasted with the intelligence of note choice and 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 painting or, or, or um, going into the complexities of each of those things. Uh, um, what I would even say as what I would even classify as painting with shades of white blended with your with your colors i mean i guess you can like you can you can make the rhythm the harmony and the melody super complex or you can make all three of those elements super simple you can keep just the rhythm really simple and you can make the harmony and melody comp like there's so many different different formulas and combinations ratios yeah that make up your music and it's not necessarily that you have to think i don't think technically about anything any of the shit like i really don't i don't i'm not a musician i don't care but but i guess kind of what we trying to get at is there is a deeper way to experience your music yeah what are you seeking you know why what why are you listening and what is it making you feel and and what how deep do you go with your music mm. um just to elaborate on the first thing you said why pop gets a lot of hate nowadays is because like you said different amounts of complexity for all those categories the the shredding in pop or the complexity in pop is usually derived from the vocals and the production of it so the quality of it the instruments that are chosen the the intelligent choice of layering when to bring something in versus take something out it's all done in order to keep you maximally engaged and to keep you from getting bored um usually it's every four bars in pop they'll try and bring something new and usually and then the complexity is the vocals now uh vocal layering is done or complex melodies are done um, in order to be the the front center stage of the piece of music. And that's why pop gets a lot of um, hate because harmonically it's got the same chords happening and the same rhythm happening for most of the entire song. Yeah. And that just anyone who's musically inclined looks at that and goes, that's boring. Yeah. And look, it's actually absolutely fine for you to love pop music, but... 
I think for me personally, I see music as a world that I can delve into, that mm. I can dive into and explore mm. like I'm snorkeling in the ocean or hiking through the forest. Like where are the corals and where is the... Yeah, yeah and if you're listening exclusively to pop music, then your version of hiking through the forest is walking on a sidewalk with treat, you know, like with a median strip or, yeah. or like the local park. And your version of exploring the ocean is swimming in a pool because it's like if that's all you do if, if, if you're limited to just what's on the radio then that's okay maybe you're not that interested in exploring the world of music but there is so much more to this there world is. than meets the eye they're really or the oh my god ear <laughs> meets the ear um there is so much more uh you could really spend a lifetime exploring music and i think music's the best it's ever been uh, now people are able to take music into their own hands and the, what you used to pay $500,000 for in a studio in the 1970s, you can pay a couple grand for now, have it in your bedroom. And and so it's why music's become so saturated, but it's also why music has become so accessible and everyone is a producer nowadays because all you got to do is tap on a keyboard, put a beat in and say some words and now you're a rapper Literally. and now you're a rapper and producer yeah that's it and anyone can make a rhyme up and anyone can tap a beat out so anyone can be a rapper and yeah. producer and not to diss rappers or producers at all but like but like uh that's that's kind of what they do and there's also unique layering and production that goes on as well but yeah um but let I, me sorry you go yeah but but i think that for anybody you know, interested in music and for people who are making music, for people making art to any capacity, you know, you can have, we have access to the, the tools and the resources. Everyone's, you know, we're all living a comfortable life so we can get what we want to make what we want to make. But when it comes to actually creating something, I think you really need to, people need to dive a little bit deeper with, am I being creative, which is innovative? Mm. And am I improving my myself technically am i every time i create something trying to do it a little bit better yeah rather than repeating the same yeah. thing yeah can i learn you can get stale that way really yeah quickly. can i learn more about my equipment can i learn more about rhythm can i go a little bit deeper with my melodies can i get a little bit more creative with my layering can i add in a different element can i explore a different instrument or am i using the generic four four chords of every pop song or what 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 am i singing about mm. is it the same old breakup get back together love 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 you yeah. know or can i be a little bit more like seal and just leave it completely open to interpretation about god knows yeah. what and then never discuss it never on discuss any it. interview ever Vague because hell, he wants but, to keep it personal but yeah i just i just i i ask every artist like can we go a little bit deeper with the art that we're creating and then as a consumer can we go a little bit deeper with what we're looking for from the art that we create um and i feel like when it comes to, to music uh i don't know man i feel like i in my life i mean through you i've met a lot more m musical people who go real deep with their music but like outside of people who make music it's kind of hard like the p i fucking hate talking to people about the music they listen to man like oh i don't care like, you're gonna play it for me and i'm gonna be like oh make it stop and you're yeah. never gonna want to listen to what i listen to and as soon as i put it on you're gonna be like ah oh, it's fucking metal turn it off you know and when people hear the music that i listen to they're like ah oh, metal and that's like full stop in their head and i'm like no listen yeah listen I'm so glad you brought that up because I had a major problem with this at Berkeley where, you know, I try and, 
And I want to say advertise, but I try and, you know, when people ask me about this, I said, you know, a lot of everything, but mostly progressive rock and mostly progressive metal. Uh, Jesse and I always say, if you, if we ask you what you listen to and you say everything, we instantly in our heads are just like, they don't listen to what we listen to. Yeah. And they would never and listen I have to what the, we listen to. I have the best thing to say back to that. Whenever anyone says, whenever I ask them, like, what do you listen to? And they go, oh, you know, just everything really. A little bit of everything. Yeah. I'm like, cool. What's your favorite Norwegian death metal band? And they're like, Oh, no, 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 not that. I'm like, oh, so, so not everything. Yeah, I know. I don't really like death metal. It's like, oh. I'm like, okay, so so what else don't you like? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just listen to mainly R&B, hip-hop, and uh, pop, and, and rap. Oh, cool. That's not everything. Because guess what? There's that's more than four genres. That's nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's like, you've gone from saying, I listen to 100% of music to 0.5% of music. <laughs> it's, uh, maybe, maybe probably more than that. But you know what I mean. A much smaller number than 100%. So... I love that question. And I ran into this problem quite a bit in America and in, 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 at Berkeley when people would find out that I liked rock and metal. And I also liked artists like Alan Stone and Bruno Mars. And I also liked uh, various bands that aren't considered rock and metal. Um, people would be like, how do you like that? What do you like about it? Oh my God, you listen to metal? What? I was like, yeah, I do. And guess what? Metal isn't what you think it is. And guess what? I don't like about 90% of metal, yeah. if not higher than that. And guess what? If you think metal is just people going, and tapping you know, really quickly and blast beats and screaming and loud guitars that you can't really make out because they sound like mud and because they're not really doing anything interesting and there's no nuance in that. Yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. That is metal. But that is, that is like looking at a shrub on the ground that is, you know, fallen out of the earth and is, is tumbling around and it's almost dead versus the most beautiful avatar-like tree that exists. It's like, yes, they're both nature. They're both trees of some kind. However, they in no way are the same and have the same beauty and the same depth and the same nuance. One has been beaten to death. You can imagine which one I'm talking about and almost has death and does usually have death in the title. Um, and... I'm not shitting on death metal. A lot oh, of there's some great there's death some metal. great death metal yeah. with nuance and with skill and with yeah. talent and with a melody yeah. and with harmony that and would complexity that would, and timeless. Yes, oh, it just, it yeah. exists. Yeah. And if you if you haven't if you don't agree with me, it's because you haven't gone digging for it, yeah. or you have an aversion which you need to look at your, within yourself towards what is a healthy expression of a different emotion that you might not connect with. Look. So let me just sorry one one more point yeah, one you're point. Good. Then I would say to those people, yeah, I listen to metal and it's, it's not what you think it is. And they would say, what is it? And then I'd put on something like Carnival, New Day. And they'll go, this is beautiful. And I'll go, I fucking know. That's why I love it. And they're like, this is metal. And I'm like, well, there he is, you know, shouting, belting, melodically, not screaming, shouting, but, you know, singing loudly, almost like Guns N' Roses or ACDC used to back in whenever they were famous, 70s and 80s. Um, singing loudly, but with nuance and with context. It's not eight or nine minutes of just one guy shouting and the same it's thing. It's screaming like, for the sake there's of screaming, ups, belting for the sake yes, of belting. Yeah. Precisely. It's a journey. I it's think a that's journey. what we love ups about and progressive downs. rock and metal. There's like, nuance, there's layering. It's there's, a journey. It's it seriously tells, a journey. Yeah. And so I've put that on for people who don't like really rock or metal. 
And they've gone, this is beautiful. And I go, well, you like metal now, sucked in. Guess and what? You're going to be labeled and people are going to think of you as weird. And when you tell people you like metal, guess what they're going to think? Gonna, yeah. They're going to think you like the the pig squealing and the, the the satanic black clothing and the black fingernails and cutting of things. And you now, you, now you're in the category too, mate. Good luck. <laughs> Look, I, I think that I think that when it comes to art that anybody relates to, um, yeah, in situations like these, I think it's really representative of your your state of open or closed mindedness, your level of depth. Please elaborate here. I love I love this analogy, um, but I, and I had never really pondered it too much until you mentioned it the other day. So. I think the way that people, for example, I mean, this can apply to any art or interest, but I think let's use music for an example. If you're somebody who loves listening to music, I think that the that the music that you listen to is a rep, is a representation of the level of depth that you are willing to explore within yourself. It is a representation wow. of your state of mind and the state of your emotional capacity. If you're like, can you, if you're yeah. exclusively like a 96.9, I listen to, yeah, whatever's on the radio, you're, you're living quite a surface level of, of emotional exploration, emotional expression. And uh, or, 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 on both the emotional and mental spectrum, you're living on the surface level. Whereas if you're truly one of those, and I've met many, many people who actually truly don't listen to everything, but who are open to listening to everything. Mm. I love this song in this genre, this song in this genre, this pop song, this African per- percussion song and this, and this. those people I seem appreciate to those people. be a little more flavorful, a little bit more exotic. And, and I mean, I think people who are really into like that real, you know, technical type of, like you were talking about earlier, like the complex bebop jazz stuff. Yeah. The bebop jazz and all that kind of stuff. Those people are way more intellectual, way more mental based. Whereas people who listen to more like free flowy and sound healy stuff, they're way more on that like airy creative spectrum. Mm. But if you listen to some, I mean, if I don't know. I, I, I feel like there is, if, if you really look for the music that brings together the intellectuality, the complexity and the creativity and, and it takes you for the ride, it takes you on that journey. And in one piece of music, it offers you many, many different stories, many, many different layers, many, many different elements. And I think that you have the capacity to go deeper with yourself. And I don't know, I feel that. I like that, man. That's an interesting correlation to have made. So, and look, if you're not like a musical person, then you, this might sound like like if you don't listen to complex music, then you're not a deep person. It's like no, man. If you don't relate to music, then it's you don't relate to music. Right. But it could be you, a different platform of art that yeah. that, 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 that same uh, analogy applies to, and, and and it also it isn't to suggest that people who don't listen to you know complex bebop jazz and stuff aren't intelligent. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yes. this this is not what you're saying. Yeah, it's it sounds like a sweeping generalization. I think there is correlation though. I uh, I think there is. What do you reckon, Jesse? <sighs> I mean, I mean, I'm I'm digesting that right now. So so can I can I just say something yeah, else? Yeah, please go ahead. You for me are somebody who I almost thought I would never in my life find because you are my musical match. You are <laughs> my musical fingerprint match. Like I have never met 
anybody in my life who understands music the way I do and feels music the way I do more than Jesse does. Like not even to the fact that we listen, like he introduced me to some of my favorite artists or we listen to some of our, our, like some of our favorite artists are the same, but it's like within these artists who have like 10, 12, 15 albums, we pick the same one and the same two and the same song and the mm, same so handful of songs. Here in this one. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it speaks to us in that way. And, and, and I'm madly in love with you. And for that, for me, that is a representation of like the, how deep he goes within that, uh, the, the artistry of music is a complete representation of the person that he is. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I got a second that you are my musical match. In fact, I have lots of friends who like the same kind of music as me. And even when I'm like, oh, cool, this album just came out. Isn't it awesome? And they're like, yeah, this is a great album. It's like, what's your favorite track? And they'll say, they'll mention one of my lesser favorite tracks. And so with you, uh, I think that because we came into the world of music fundamentally more connected to the guitar, we're more attuned to certain frequencies and we're more attuned to certain ways of approaching music creation. That's why we connect with one particular album that we like a lot, which is written by mostly a guitar player. Um, even though it's yeah. a whole band, his approach to music sort of does something for us. Uh, and, and that is a very famous and successful album that, you know, kicks out of this particular band's career. Um, but other fans of this particular band, yes, I'm being so vague on purpose, uh, won't, won't like that favorite album. Because specific examples... Because it's not about that. It's not about it's not specific about examples. But it's Thamata by Carnival. Okay, thanks, Danny. Um <laughs> The whole the whole point is their best album. So, okay, let me let me delve back a little bit because I know you definitely are my musical match, and I can put on anything I want on a drive, and I know you'll like it. Uh, and there are certain things that I'll prefer to listen to on my own when I'm can be fully immersed in. There are certain things, ninety nine percent of things I can listen to um, with you, and we'll both enjoy it equally, which I think is very very rare. In fact, I don't. I don't know if I know another couple that can do that. Yeah. Um, I've never but I've never dated a person who listened to anything vaguely remotely close to what I listened to. Yeah. I've never had a friend who listened to anything vaguely yeah. remotely close. And look, even before we met each other, we were listening to the same music. Yes. That's what sort of brought us. Uh, that's just one of the many us. things that one of the many things we, together. Yeah. yeah. Was, and that's insane. We both obviously very much needed that. So that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, but... I want to talk a little bit about, about story, okay? Because we've talked about every aspect of music. Yeah. But we haven't talked about lyrics or story. And that's a huge part of the whole thing. So um, we have what's called open-ended and closed-ended lyrics. Most pop songs are open-ended. You don't know you're beautiful. You know, that One Direction song is basically... Is that open-ended or closed-ended? He's singing to every girl. And he's making them... He, he's speaking to a larger demograph with one sentence. Um, if only you could see what I could see, you know, we is don't that, know. We it, don't know what he could see. So therefore it leaves us to interpret. We have to try and apply our own meaning to it. He sees her as beautiful because we can't see what he can see. Okay. And she doesn't know that she's beautiful and he's trying to tell her, but he's also trying to tell. I would call that close ended. The story's told. Well, There's nothing more to it. She doesn't know she's beautiful. She's a shy, you know, self-conscious girl. He's telling her she's beautiful because he sees her true beauty. That's a closed ended story right there. There's I, nothing open to interpretation. Maybe you can. I think you're right. I, I don't know any of the verses. Oh, um, neither do I. You're probably, you're, you're definitely right about that. Um, 
Whereas let's take you back to Kiss kiss from a Rose. Kiss from a Rose. That's the most open ending. That is open. So you get to interpret your own meanings. Kiss from the Rose on the grey. What does that mean? Um, And why won't he tell us? Stevie Nicks. Um, Dreams. Oh, that's a really good one. Thunder only happens when it's raining. Uh, when the rain washes you clean, you'll know. So open-ended. Like, and, and so beautiful to ponder. Like from an artistic perspective, that is a juicy nugget you can chew on. That is that is a Willy Wonka's everlasting gobstopper yeah. kind of nugget there. Yeah. Because when the, wa- when the rain washes you clean, you'll know. What a profound... And look, I found my own meaning to that. Um, which I feel is right for and me. And so do I. Like and there's, there's, there's yeah. like a relatability... And and like it invokes it evokes such such a sense of emotion within you, but it's so unique to your own experience, and you can derive your own meaning from it. And, yeah. And I and I love I love that. But right. But yeah. And then, then back to closed ended. Um, treasure that is what you are. Or like Taylor Swift, stuff. we're never ever getting back together. That's as closed ended as it gets. Right. So and is that Taylor Swift that song? Yes. Okay. Cool. Um. So. That is a perfect example of closed-ended. You, closed-ended being there is no room for interpretation. Here is what happened. We are telling, she or in that situation is telling us what has happened. That is the entire situation. Need not be dug further, right? So then you have thought-provoking um, lyrics, which uh, a good example, and I don't, think, I don't think you know this one, Danny, it's called The Great Debate by Dream Theater. It's a long instrumental. No, sorry. It's a long song, which has about two or three minutes of its instrumental. But the whole song, I think it's close to 10 minutes. And basically this happened back when they were trying to decide if it's ethical to be using stem cells to be doing things like, you know, helping, helping fund, uh, using stem cells to... Um, fix people who are paraplegic or heal limbs or is it ethical to, is it ethical you know, to use stem cells to use stem cells. to extract stem cells right and yeah, yeah. right and so you know in the middle of the song they extract a bunch of sound bites where people different people are talking about different perspectives no we have to for the sake of science understand this and some people are like no that that's a life you know we're playing with life this is we're where playing music God becomes art exactly i and think so sometimes people forget that music can be Art. It, it's not music is it doesn't art. have to be verse you know intro verse intro, chorus verse chorus, chorus bridge chorus outro, outro you yeah. know like yeah that is literally most songs yeah uh, and that's that's the cookie cutter formula that i'd say most pop songs yeah. tend to fit into um generally speaking here yeah, sometimes there's a pre-chorus sometimes there's a refrain it's it's more it's more about um keeping things formulaic so that they can be targeted and pitched to certain labels so they can make money off them, right? It's all, music is a business and and labels don't really make much money from most, I'd say 90% of labels artists are not making them much money. Mm. It's that 10%. It's the Justin Bieber's, it's the Billie Eilish's. Those ones are the ones who are making the reasons why labels can stand up. And they're always looking for those ones and that's why they have that 90% is because that whenever they need a new a new face to represent certain, you know, category. Like Ed Sheeran, for example. I think, sorry, I think something He's you said brilliant. earlier just kind of incited a thought with what you're talking about right now, which is like, I think when we're growing up as teenagers, some of the stuff that you're listening to on the radio, I mean, can, can be really impactful and relatable because it's speaking to these universal things. You know, you're, you're 13 years old, you go through your first boyfriend, girlfriend breakup, and then Taylor Swift is like, we're never getting back together. And you're like, I'm 
never getting back together with you and you're discovering your sense of autonomy and you're like f that guy he ruined my life but like that's cool when you're a teenager but then when you're an adult in your like 20s and late 20s and 30s and 40s and you're still listening to taylor swift it's like girl have we grown have we evolved beyond that surface level connection with the art and with the music do you know what i'm saying like it's 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 hard to say uh, i know what you're saying it's hard to say because i do know some very intelligent people who have immense you know emotional complexity and emotional depth who do who exclusively who to do like generic connect. pop music or, yeah. yeah i mean yeah, yeah. so and there I'm are like, there are allies but and i'm sure they also have more obscure things they listen to or maybe they um, this is what i'm saying maybe as they well as that. use different mediums to go deep with themselves yeah so so exactly like exactly so so they aren't necessarily people who who need to use music for for the entirety of their emotional depth yeah that is not everyone's relationship to music it certainly is ours though we also you and i also have other mediums that we do this can't this podcast is another emotional expression um for us we have other things we do where we get to go deep with our emotions and 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 music um I'm, I'm pondering your theory right now, okay? Because I'm still chewing on it. It's quite chewy. I mean, take it from like, I guess from, from a creative standpoint as an illustrator, for me, the kind of ways that these more like complex um, music choices that I relate to, that I connect with, the, the things that they bring out of me versus like what a generic pop song would bring out of me, like what I create listening to. For example, let's put out a popular one, um, Dark Side of the Moon, for example. Listening to that album start to finish has inspired so much timeless, brilliant, mm, complex, mm. beautiful art because there's so much in that album that is just nuanced and magical. And that's progressive rock, right? Yeah, yeah it is. Um, Versus, one of the highest selling albums of all time. Yeah, versus if I put on Taylor Swift's album, you know, like, mm. I, I mean, I, I don't know what I would create, what that would inspire visually, what that yeah. would inspire creatively. And and I, I, I don't I don't know. If you're talking from a perspective of inspiration. Maybe that's um, what I mean. Maybe well I'm then, talking well less about. Yeah, I mean, because I think we've said this on the podcast before, but good music actually inspires you more it makes you deeper and it makes you go deeper it makes you want to be better at every single facet of yourself so it's it's a very profound thing it's not like how 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 deep do you let music take you but it's like how much do you let music inspire you yeah or is it how much do you let music influence yourself like for example the study that they've done where people who listen to music walking on the street versus people who close their eyes and listen to that yeah, same music like how do you let music the, impact you yeah the yeah. exactly how do you let music impact you the yeah. amount of you know brain activity they were able to measure with the eyes closed was dramatically higher than Man, people I so just, i remember having so many psychedelic experiences just Bedroom, middle of the night, headphones, headphones, dark space, listening to my favorite albums. And I'm having full body tingle sensations, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I recall the same. And I wonder, I don't know. I think that's medicine. I think. I agree. I wonder how many people are doing Playing, that with their music. It's a good question. It's a good question. Um, pondering your earlier theory, right, of how deep you let music impact you um, is a symbol, a symbolic of how deep you are able to go within yourself emotionally. That is a profound statement. And you know what? 
it might very well be a true one. I I, I don't know. I have to. I don't. I'm, I, it's, I think it's true it. for me. I'm gonna play with it for a while. Yeah. Because right now I'm struggling to disprove it, but it it's but, a but beautiful. But it's one of those ones where you kind statement. of got to work on eggshells a little bit because it, I think it can be a bit triggering. I think it can be a bit generic, like generalized. It's, I, that's know? what I was gonna say. There's like more it, to it than that. If I had to nitpick. That would be part A of the quote because yes. part B would make it less uh, less generic and less you know wide sweeping because uh, like I said there are people I know who have immense amount of emotional depth and complexity and connection to their own emotions who I would say don't listen to very interesting music yeah you know at least but then is the music doing for them what my music does for me if and if and if that's the case. Well then, yeah. that's is that's that's what does it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so I look, would love I'm going to ponder this quote. I would love to get like a brain scan on me listening to my favorite album mm. versus like somebody listening to their favorite album that's like, I don't know, like the top forty favorite album, but like yeah. they insist that it makes them feel that way. Yeah, and then just. I don't know, and just see what lights up, how it lights up. I mean, do you learn to interpret things differently when you listen to music with extra layers of complexity? I don't. And, and are you feeling more? Or Does you it feeling introduce less, you to more on the emotional spectrum, on the intellectual question. spectrum, creative spectrum? We need many more years of science and music therapy to prove that. Yeah. Or if the information's out there, and you're listening to this, and you're a musician, and you, and you study music therapy, and you know some studies that may prove this kind of thing, please send it our way. Yeah, it's. I have friends who listen who are, who are music therapy students or graduates and uh, this is what they actually explore and actually they end up using sound to unlock memories within people. Mm. people I know there's a lot to do with like isn't that crazy? frequency and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, but they will use sounds that are sentimental for them. Um, as at least one of the examples I've heard where they'll, you know, if someone's forgotten their whole, you know, 20s, 30s and 40s, well, what were they listening to them back then? Start to expose yeah. them to the music of that era. And guess what starts coming back? Yeah. Memories of that era. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so music in itself is such a powerful thing. I truly think music is such a powerful form of medicine that goes beyond the body. It goes I agree. right down to the, the cellular level. The, so- yeah. the soul level, man. I yeah, think it just speaks deeper. to something. Yeah. In it. I don't know. Music does something for me that, again, nothing else does. Can for we me as well. please, for the love of God, talk about pain of salvation? No. Oh, God damn.